there is nothing worse than potential unrealized. We all have things that hold us back. What if we could find a way to get us unstuck? I'm Lachelle Weemy, and I am going to walk alongside you as you make the decision to get unstuck. Tune in as I help you realize that you are not alone, inspire hope, and offer practical solutions to help you step boldly into the life that you are meant to live. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Unstuck Podcast. And today, I get a chance to talk with my new friend, Tammy Polk. You guys, here's the scoop. Tammy and I met on Facebook. We had a one-on-one Zoom. This woman had me freaking laughing my tail off the entire time that I talked to her. And I'm like, girlfriend, we need to record this next time so that other people get a chance to be blessed by you. So thanks for joining me, Tammy. Thanks for all of the the coolness that you're going to bring to this conversation. I can't wait for people to get to know you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. (laughs) All right. So I want you to start off by telling us a little bit about you, what you're up to these days. Um, What are you most proud of in your life? Like, tell me, kind of brag on yourself a bit. Well, first and foremost, I bring you greetings from the home of Elvis, the Grizzlies, and Barbecue, (laughs) Memphis, Tennessee. (laughs) I am a married homeschooling mother of three heads of hair (laughs) who look just like me. 17, 13, and 8 going on 407. (laughs) They keep me um, on my toes. I have been blessed to be married for 16 years. Um, But, you know, sometimes, you know, I kind of have to give him a little side eye, you know, (laughs) just to remind him how much he's worth. (laughs) But that just comes with the territory. Um, I'm an educator at heart. I've worked with kids and been in the classroom since I was 12 years old, but I am an author by trade. Mm. I have been blessed to pen, publish, and record. I have to keep that all straight in my head. Um, 136 print, digital, and audio books since September 2015. So you can probably say that I like to write just a little Um, So to answer your question right out, what am I most proud of in life? Honestly, I would have to say overcoming multiple sclerosis and mm. being able to walk across the stage with my oldest daughter this past Saturday when she graduated from high school. Oh, my goodness. That was better than me reaching my birthday goal of having 125 books published, even though I kind of exceeded that just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> You're an um, overachiever like I am. I love it. You know, I might be. Um, but I have to say at this stage and with even with everything that I've done, that has been the biggest thing for me. That was an answered prayer. Um wow. simply because back in November and December of twenty twenty, I could not walk. Wow. 
Um, so to be able to regain my strength and walk across that stage on my own two legs with her and my husband, that is like, I'm about to cry. Just, just bringing, just bringing that back. But I remember getting to the, to the edge of that ramp and, and taking that, that picture with her, um, you know, after doing it and I got back to my seat and I was okay until they told us to go outside for the cap toss. And then there was the whole ugly cry. <laughs> and I love you. And if you take a picture of this, we'll kill you. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, things like that. So that, that has had to be the, the, the proudest moment of my life thus far. I, I love that. And I think that what that ties into is who you are as a person, because you do not let yourself live small. When you get something in your head, you're going to do it. And that kind of leads me into the book that you recently just published, which is called Girl, Go Eat a Cookie and Then Handle Business. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so that's just it, right? Like you decided that you were going to write a book and then you write, wrote, you know, a ton of books, right? You decided that you were going to walk across that stage and you made it happen. And so it's all about getting down to business. So I want you to tell us a little bit about that book and some of the philosophies that are that are in there so that you can give us hope and some practical solutions. I believe that we all in some small way, make it through life based off of three things. Grace and a lot of it. Yes. Naps, which are more necessary than we think. Okay, good. I love naps. <laughs> and cookies. Now, I will make a small caveat. Everybody is not a sweets person. Yeah. But for me, a cookie is whatever gives you that energy, gives you that pep, lifts you up, makes you feel better, makes you smile, makes you laugh. You know, whatever it is, it doesn't have to be food. Mm -hmm. It could be music. It could be a movie. It could be that, that friend who you can just pick up the phone and y'all don't have to say nothing. For like two hours and then you feel better simply because they were just there. Right. Uh, it could be, as I say in my book, that good old Southern fried field with all of God's calories and fat grams, Southern comfort food. <laughs> that sounds amazing. The macaroni and cheese and some green beans work wonders for some people. I'm just saying. <laughs> but that it could be whatever you want it to be. So the the theme of the book is getting back up after a knockdown mm -hmm. and what what that takes. So I break down five things that it takes to get up after a knockdown. One of them I've already said, grace. Okay. It is the grace that we get from God the grace that we give to other people and the grace that we don't give ourselves. When those three types of grace 
are out of whack, mm-hmm. we will stay down when we get knocked down. That's good. Because we don't realize how much grace we get. We don't realize how much grace we give because there's a difference between giving grace, moving over the tough love, and then saying, you know what, I need to get away from you. Yeah, that's hard. That's a big thing that I have struggled with, actually. <laughs> so that wisdom of knowing when is enough enough. Yeah, you, you have to know. Because as, as I say in my book, some, some people will give so much grace that that grace takes them out of here. Yes, yes. So what you're saying is you really have to have all of those things in balance. You have, you have to have them in balance. Not saying that you can't ever give grace. You know, tough love doesn't all isn't always, you know, your first reaction or neither is separation, but you can't continue to let somebody trample on that grace because right. people have a homing device for grace <laughs> givers. Like they're walking around with antennas, whoop, grace, this way, this way. <laughs> and that's what they go for. Right, right. So the next one is grit. Getting up after a knockdown takes work. Yes, it does. You can't be lazy and you can't, you know, get apathetic and you can't give up because, you know, it takes you two more days longer than you thought it would. You have to be willing to put in the work because there is somebody. Who is expecting you to not do the work so that they can say that you didn't do the work and now you give them more ammunition to fire back at you, but you're mad because they're shooting at you and not at the fact that you gave them the ammunition to shoot back at you. That is so accurate. So you've (laughs) got to do the work. And, and not giving one. up, not giving up, right? And not getting in, impatient, like, oh, this isn't oh, working, so no. I'm going to stop. Right. No. Impatience, impatience makes things worse. Yes. It does. And that takes me right on into the third one, which is growth. Growth, people usually get very, very mad at me once they get to chapter three. <laughs> because I say this. Your progress is not about you. Hey, explain that. The fact that you're able to get up after a knockdown has absolutely nothing to do with you being able to do so. Because you will not always be the one to give the testimony or share the story of overcoming. It may not be meant for you to do so. It may be meant for somebody who's been watching you or following you, who's on their last leg and are watching you to see what to do. They may be the one to give the story of triumph. Your story of triumph may not be the real triumph. I'll give you an example. Okay. When we have a problem, What's one of the first things we do? We Google it. <laughs> Why? 
Because you are praying to almighty God that somebody somewhere, sometime, somehow, in some way has posted something that will help you with your problem. How many times have you wanted to do something and not been able to, to invest in it? So you spend 17 and a half days on YouTube <laughs> trying to find a video in English. <laughs> Makes sense. But I say that because we have to understand the genius that we come up with and the things that we learn and adapt and start to craft is not just meant for us. Mm -hmm. I tell my clients all the time, there is someone somewhere, somehow, sometime, some way who needs that something that you figured out. That's what growth is all about. I love that. How do you think we ask people, hey, what's your daily schedule? Hey, ladies, what are you cooking for dinner? What's your quick recipe? You know, how do you overcome this? So we don't even understand that the workout regimen we have, the meal plan that we come up with, the productivity hacks that we come up with, the life hacks that we come up with, the budget saving tips. You can change somebody's life with all of that stuff. And when that change happens, you will realize that the gifts, talents, skills, next, and affinities that you have have absolutely nothing to do with you. And that's so brilliant because I think that sometimes when we're going through hard things, we, at least I do, I try to grow through it and think, what is the lesson that I'm supposed to learn from this? And sometimes I'm dumbfounded. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. But what we recognize in what you're talking about is that somebody has been praying for the answer and your experience can give that to them. That is so, that's so true. We don't get it. Like we think that, yay, I figured it out. I'm awesome. And while you are, there's somebody that needs to be snatched off a ledge somewhere with what you figured out. That's so, so important. I have friends of mine that are going through cancer or going through infertility right now. And it's like, how do you make sense of all of that, right? But there's, they're on this journey of helping somebody else through their infertility struggles. They're on this journey to help somebody else through their cancer struggles. And so it's not just about them. It's and their not. journey is helping somebody else get through that journey a little bit better. And so thanks for bringing that up because it's yes. such an important part to this. Are you a business owner and you feel like you are literally tied to your phone all the time in order to keep up with social media? You know you need to post consistently, but you don't know what to post and you don't want to have to post every single day because it means that you're married to your phone. So then you're not consistent and then business doesn't follow. Or maybe you have no idea how to attract your uh, ideal client and and you want to find a way to to get the right people to come to you. Oh my goodness, like that was totally where I was. And I had to take some time and research to find out what the heck I could be doing to make my life so much better. So here's the scoop. I have found a system that I've created a system that has allowed me to not only attract my dream clients, but it's allowed me to be consistent by planning all of my content for an entire year in one single weekend. And I've decided to offer it to all of you guys. If that is something that you would love to learn more about, 
make sure to click on the link in the show notes so that you can learn how to get your life back, but keep your social media game on track. Number four, gratitude. There are things that we lose in life and business simply because we are plain flat out ungrateful. Mm-hmm. And I I get very, very raw, if you will, in mm-hmm. this book. And I tell people, think about somebody in your life who died suddenly. You have zero clue how that person died. They are the picture of health. Never been sick a day in their lives. You can bounce a quarter off of any muscle on their body. Like they, I mean, they're beaming, skin beautiful, hair beautiful. They got perfect teeth without going to the dentist. They can actually eat what they want and lose all the weight in the world while you struggling. And then all of a sudden this person is gone. And I mean physically. And you're wondering why, like, why did this person die? Mm -hmm. It could be that they were doing everything in the world for you, that they were a good hearted person and you misused them. I'll give you an example of that. Gentleman that I know was unfaithful to his wife. His wife died in a car accident. Went off of the interstate into a ravine crushed completely. And Everybody gathers around. Everybody's trying to figure out why, you know, was she tired? Was she, you know, was she driving too fast? Was she texting and talking and driving? Was she eating while she's driving? We can tell all kinds of stories about that. <laughs> but, you know, was she eating while we drive? You know, was she trying to swerve and hit something? And everybody's out there, why, 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 why? And He's sitting there and he is silent. And everybody thinks that, oh, you know, he's grieving. He's trying to process this the same way we are. And he had to reveal to her family that He was being unfaithful. And her mother looked at him and told him that he was ungrateful. So when we start to lose people, places, and things, and even ideas, we have to ask ourselves, what's our gratitude level? Mm-hmm. Are we really showing these people's places, things, and ideas the gratitude mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. that we need to be. I mean, our even our own body, right? I I could oh, take yeah. for granted the fact that if I had to walk across the stage right now, I could do that. And I worry that sometimes because I did hurt my foot and I could barely walk for about seven years. And I think that I did not show my body the gratitude that it that it deserved when it was working properly. And then as soon as I was unable to walk, I was like, oh, my gosh, I cannot ever oh take gosh, this for granted yeah. again. So Exactly. It's all about gratitude. Mm-hmm. The last one. Graduation day. That is the day where you are holding the light that's at the end of the tunnel. And you're touching it. It is the day when you can finally breathe. Because all of the demands, all of the ifs, ands, buts, Oars, noise, boys, and yets are finally out of the way. You know, you your your relationship with God is back intact. You've got your faith back. Your family is acting like they have at least two grams of sense. <laughs> <laughs> you know, your your ministry is flourishing. You finished that degree or that mastermind, or that coaching program, or that online course that you bought seven years ago, and you just now opened the link, you know, or, there. or, you, know, or you, you finally started that business and it's profitable, or, you know, that job that's been stressing you out, you might have been able to change jobs, Or God finally moved that trifling supervisor out of your way so you can breathe and do your job to the best (laughs) of your ability. You could have finally gotten that promotion that you've been working for for the last two and a half years trying to meet the requirements. Graduation day comes. And so... My whole message is, and in each one of those chapters, I actually tell you, girl, go eat a cookie and then handle business. I say that literally in every chapter. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) But it's all about one, confronting stuff. Because we don't like to do that. I have a, a, a VIP group of ladies who have the book. And are working through it. And they have had to deal with some stuff. So when I do my check-ins with them, usually on on Wednesday, Mm -hmm. they're like, I finally got through the workbook assignment without crying anymore. (laughs) than I already was. And I don't like you right now. So I'm not going to talk to you. (laughs) Which is perfectly okay because some of the things that I asked them to do is one just came to my mind, a good one. Sunday night, Mm -hmm. I asked them, I said, I want you to choose one relationship that's getting on your nerves. Okay. And I want you to say whether more grace is needed, it's time for tough love, 
or it's time to separation. I said, that's just part one. Part two, I want you to talk about what that relationship has cost you in your life, your faith, your family, your ministry, your education, your business, and your career. I want to know what that has cost you. And then now, what are you going to do? That's powerful. Because that's exactly what I would assume that hardest time yeah I mean that's probably of all the things that we've talked about I think that's one of the hardest ones is figuring out when you're enabling behavior and when grace is needed and how to how to decipher how to discern what to do and I think that that is a really powerful exercise is there anything else that you've noticed in your follow-up with this book particularly that really hangs people up not giving themselves grace Okay. That was actually the first one that we worked on. The one that I just gave is the second one. But I asked them, I said, in the three areas of grace, the grace you get from God, the grace you give to others, and the grace you don't give yourself, which one do you have the most trouble with? Mm -hmm. And it was actually a tie between the grace given to others and the grace that we don't give ourselves. There are a lot of people who are finally figuring out that there is a such thing as giving too much grace. Mm-hmm. And one lady, um, you know, said that, you know, she, she knows and she understands what that is now because she was married to, you know, a narcissist for 20 years. And she was like, she said, Tammy, I did exactly what your book said. I gave him grace because he apologized and he started doing things that I asked him to do when he started giving me these gifts. And 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 I thought it was really genuine because it was making me feel good and he was giving me everything that I wanted and everything, you know, everything that I liked. And, you know, I really thought that, you know, we were making handway and things like that. And and things would go good for a couple of months and then poof. I'm knocked down all over again. And so she said that she finally got to the point to where she recognized that That separation had to be it because you're not meant to be a doormat, nor are you meant to be stupid. Right. Yes, we are commanded to live peaceably with all men if it's possible. Go back to that part. That's what it says. It says if it's possible. But if you keep going, It does tell you to mark people that are unruly and separate yourself from them. So that's why I said you are not meant to be a doormat, nor are you meant to be stupid. (laughs) That is so powerful. That's powerful. We are only midway through the chapter on grace. Um, But 
you know, if I had to to say anything, I would say it all starts with the grace that you don't give yourself. Mm. Yeah. Now, I know what it means to overachieve because <laughs> you have to and because you're tired of your situation. Right. Yep. Yep. Okay, so I want to kind of finish up our conversation and it's been so fun. Thanks for putting the smile on my face, girlfriend. I want to know if there's any, you know, parting thoughts, last words of advice that you have for anybody who's listening and can relate to what you're talking about. Remember the three things that I said in the beginning. <laughs> Grace, naps, and cookies. Which I love. Give yourself the grace that you need, the grace to rest, and the grace to not be okay. Take a nap before you hurt somebody <laughs> and start looking at insurance policies. Okay. <laughs> and cookies. Whatever yours is, keep it around you. At all times. I love that. Okay. Probably then... in a locked container if you got kids. <laughs> I mean, my kids don't know that I have a secret stash of sour gummy worms <laughs> that they don't know about. So I mean we have to hide things. <laughs> we have to hide things from our kids, right? So okay. Um one last thing. Mm-hmm. I want you to, you know, if our audience is is listening to this, what is one question that you would have them ponder? in order to move them forward? I'd have to go back to my example. With the with whatever you're dealing with, do you need to give it more grace? Do you need to give it tough love? Or do you need to separate from it and let it go? Oh my goodness. I love that. And I want to make sure that we have all of the ways that people connect with you, Tammy, in the show notes so that they want to work with you, if they want to get into any of your groups, if they want to do any of that stuff, if they have a free access to to you, to following you. So thank you so much for sharing your heart, your wisdom. I can't wait to see what other hundreds of books you come up with in the next (laughs) five years. (laughs) It's amazing. So thank you so much for taking the time to, to share your heart. And I would love for us to have another conversation sometime soon. So just say when I'm here. All right. All right. Bye, Bye. Tammy. Bye. Thanks for listening. And if you know that you are made for more and you are tired of being held back and ready to get unstuck and step boldly into life that you're meant to live, head on over to lachellewemy.com, request an appointment, and be ready for me to walk alongside of you personally to help you step boldly into the life that you are meant to live. I'll be back next week, but before you go, don't forget to hit subscribe and enjoy these imperfect outtakes.